This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Now, here's Dr. Gloria. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, good morning, Heidi. Good morning, Mom. Well, we're in California. We know we've got no snow here, but we know it's uh, December in your area, and uh, you probably got some snow, and it's getting a little colder. New York's pretty darn cold in, in December. Uh, yeah, it's really pretty, though, because you have all the, the decorations and the lights and all that, so it doesn't get really unbearable until after the holidays. Right. So it's really pretty here. It's definitely cold in winter, but it's gorgeous. Well, we've got a really interesting show today, Heidi, and, and I think it's particularly interesting because uh, I've been talking to people about the show because uh, we're going to be talking about children's experiences uh, with, what would you call it, Heidi, visitations, or we'll have to ask our guest, but... Um, uh, how spiritual they are when they're little and, and how you deal with it. And uh, we've got a great guest coming on. Do you want to introduce her, Hyde? Sure, I'd love to. And like you said, it's going to be a really interesting topic because children are more open to seeing things and seeing people after they've died. And Christine, okay, I'm going to try to say Christine's name correctly. Christine Duminiak, is that right, Christine? That's close, Duminiak. Okay, <laughs> very good. Christine is the founder of an online non-denominational grief support and prayer group with over 500 members, Mom, from over 21 countries. Wow, isn't that amazing? 21 countries. Well, I think that's even maybe more than we've got right now. We've got quite a few, but that's uh, really something. Yeah, and she's, she's, you know, founder of this prayer group, and she's also written a, written a book called Heaven Talks to Children, Afterlife Contact, Spiritual Gifts, and Loving Messages. So I think this is going to be a very interesting show today. Absolutely. Well, Christine, can we start out? Well, where are you located? Just right right outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Oh, good. So you're back in the east with Heidi. Great. That's right. I'm just a train, uh, train ride away, Heidi, from New York. Very good. So tell us how you got started in this area, Christine. Were you, uh, were you uh, uh, spiritually connected as a child? Um, not that I recall. I only recall one incident when I was a child, but it really did not have to do with spirits per se. But what happened to me was back in 1998, uh, pretty amazing experience. I woke up in the middle of the night from a dream, and I looked around the room, and I saw my in-laws in my bedroom, and they had been dead for a number of years. So this was wow. quite a shock, but it was a it was a good shock in a way. After I said some prayers and I relaxed and I was at peace with it, because I had never had a, a, a spiritual experience before. And I woke up my husband. And I told him, "Your parents are here," but he did not have the ability to see them like I did that evening. And they stayed for about an hour, which was really amazing. And be- wow, I have because of the- <laughs> I mean, I can't uh, yeah, imagine. Now, now, tell tell us why you happened to see them. Did, were you asking for it, or did you need to, or was it just uh, a random thing that happened? Uh, I never asked to see them, and I uh, know I didn't ask for any kind of afterlife contact. I was really at peace with their passing. Uh, they were both in their eighties when they had uh, passed individually, and uh, really, I hadn't been grieving anyone. It just spontaneously happened to me. And I think it was to push me in the direction of spiritual bereavement support. 
because that was the end result. Um, they started coming a few times a week where I could just see them in my room. And so Christine, I felt, Christine, just, just mm-hmm. stop you for a second. I'm just wondering, when you first initially saw them, were you frightened or were you feeling at peace with it? Uh, when I first saw them, actually, I had before I saw them, I actually saw uh, what I believe might have been an angel in the room first, and I was nervous <laughs> because mm-hmm. I I kept closing my eyes and blinking and thinking this is going to go away, and it did not go away. And what I had seen was a man sitting at a desk, uh, looking like he was reading a prayer book very peacefully. He had a, a, a padre type of a hat on. And he had a red cloak, and the hat was black. And he was just sitting there suspended in space near my ceiling. And I kept thinking, this is going to go away. This is going to go away. I I must be imagining this, or I'm still half asleep. And he was there for maybe about 15 long seconds. And then finally he dissipated. And then I noticed a lot of other spirits in the room. And I'm Catholic, so I had rosaries under my pillow, and I started saying, some prayers, and the whole room turned a blue, beautiful blue color with white streaking lights through it. And I, I heard a wind gusting through the the, uh, the room, and some papers were being uh, blown a little bit on my bureau. And then after that, I felt a lot of peace in the room, and um, and I I realized there were some spirits that wanted to visit me. And I was wondering, well, who would want to visit me? I'm not grieving anyone. And then I remembered about my father-in-law. My husband, uh, when, when his dad died, he cried every night for a year. It was because he was so close mm-hmm. to his dad. And um, so the thought came to me, it must be John. And I said, John, is that you? And the next thing I know, the spirits who were at the foot of my bed, one of them came right up to my face in a, in a flash. And I saw a fedora-type hat and a, uh, uh, I saw him from the chest up where he had on a suit jacket, a tie, and a little hanky in his pocket. And then I thought, oh, my goodness, my father-in-law's here. And then I remembered he always traveled with his, with his beloved wife, Stella. And so I, I, it occurred to me that she might be with them because she had passed also. And I said, well, is Stella here too? <laughs> now, let me, ask, let me ask you a question about this. How is your husband, how did he take it? Was he skeptical? Because a lot of people are very skeptical about what you're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. The nice part was that my husband believed me completely, uh, even though none of, nothing like this had ever happened to us before. And, and that was very comforting to me that he did believe me, and I think it's because maybe we Catholics have all saints that appear to people, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. We're familiar with apparitions, of course, never thinking anything's going to happen to us. <laughs> right, but you, you know, what I was thinking when I looked at this book, I have a background in nursing, and you know, people don't talk a lot about this at the hospital, but the reality is there are a lot of people that see uh, spirits and have visitation, and particularly in the children's wards. And uh, any nurse who's wor- worked in a children's ward can tell you that and tell you about, about kids seeing uh, things and all that. So you've got this wonderful book that you've done with a lot of interesting stories in it, Heaven Talks to Children. And I wanted to get to the children part because I, I think that sometimes people don't know how to deal with children, um, especially, you know, a lot of our listeners have had 
uh, uh, kids, the parents have died or whatever. And and what if I'm grieving and my child sees uh, my spouse or whatever or this kind of visitation? You know, what do I say to them? You've got it kind of divided in younger kids, what you say to younger and then what you say to older. What would you say to a young child? The, the, the really interesting part about young children is that they don't seem to be able to differentiate a human being from a spirit. They look mm-hmm. one and the same to them. So if, yeah. say, a two-year-old, their grandmother may have passed, and they'll say, why aren't you letting uh, Nana in the door? And mm-hmm. um, getting very upset that you're not letting Nana in the door and because um, they don't understand about death, and they just tell it like it is. So what you do is you just, you could just say, oh, oh, Nana's here. You just go along with them. Uh, because the young children, when you're not uh, seeing what they're seeing, get very frustrated and exasperated with adults. So just listen to them and try and go along with it. Now, Well, Heidi Heidi had some of that experience with her young son, right, Heidi? Yeah, and, and in fact, oh. Christine, when you say this, I really resonate with it because my father-in-law was very close to my son, and when he died... My son at the time was two and a half, but for several years he kept seeing him. And he'd get very angry because he'd say, Papa's right there, look. And he'd point to where he was, and I couldn't see anything. And he'd get very very frustrated because he kept saying, Mom, why can't you see him? He's sitting right there watching me play. And I couldn't, I I never, ever saw him, but he he saw him a lot. He would appear to him quite often for like three years after he died. And wasn't that a comfort to you? I loved it. I was frustrated a little bit with myself that I couldn't see him. I was wondering if I could have done anything to to have that happen, to help that along. I don't, uh, know. I don't think so. I what I have found is that uh, it's really the children are so pure and young, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that long ago that they were in heaven, and they mm-hmm. seem to come to earth with that ability. And so there's really nothing you can do. If you are going to be able to see them, that's just a blessing from God. There's really nothing we can do to make it happen. It's mm-hmm. just... And, and people want that to happen. They kind of feel, you know, uh, gypped. They want to see it too or whatever. But, you know, I, I, uh, it's interesting. When I was seven, um, uh, a girl, I was playing with a girl and we were swinging off a big rope and she went into a river and um, started going down the river. And anyway, I won't tell the whole story, but I saved her life. But I did it because I had someone told me what to do. And uh, and it was very someone? just a, just a voice. Mom? Uh, it was I just knew it's not uh, exactly a voice. It's just a knowing. And I did some very specific things to save her life. And I knew exactly what I needed to do. And I was only seven. And it was very embarrassing to me because after they put my picture in the paper and all this stuff, and wow. and they everyone kept asking me, how did you know what to do? And I, I, it was embarrassing. I didn't want people to keep asking me how I knew what to do because I just knew. So I, I think that must be hard for kids, too, when, when people question them. Yes, it's hard for children when they reach a certain age, like the age of reasoning, like you were seven, where you understand that there's something different happening that isn't happening to everybody else. And uh, and you, you feel like a little strange. And that's what happens as children get older and um, they start realizing that not everyone around them is seeing what they're seeing. And they start keeping it close to the vest because they get teased in, from their peers or, uh, you know, professionals may think they're hallucinating. So I always recommend to the parent to just, 
you know, believe them, but watch who you share it with because um, repercussions can happen because we're not so open about this. Society's not so open about it because it's, it's not an everyday event that we're talking about. It's not really mainstream. So a child can have some bad experiences from other people. Well, I'm also they, thinking they, of, the, of the mental health profession. I mean, I'm a clinical psychologist, and I could see people saying, what, you're hallucinating? You know, and pathologizing yeah. something that's so amazing and a wonderful thing. Yeah, and, t- and talking it away, you know, uh, having it go away when it, when it's really... Uh, I think that's one of the things that I like that you wrote it down, because I think when these experiences happen, if you write them down, they're there for people who want to read them, and for people who don't want to read them, don't want to get involved or want to minimize it, they don't have to pick it up. That's right, that's right. And, and also with children, there can be validating... Um, names, for instance, like um, that can help even professionals understand that this child would not know this. For instance, there's a number of cases where the child was born after that person, grandfather, great-great-grandfather, for instance, who passed, so they never knew the grandfather, and there weren't pictures around the house of them, and, and the family never really talked about him. And um, then the child would happen to start saying a name, you know, uh, pop-up bridge or, or something to that uh, extent and they would understand that that's who's playing with the little girl or the little boy and so wow. you can look for validations which really hit home to let you know this is a real experience this is just not an imaginary friend well tell us about your prayer group I'm very interested in that also. Oh, yes. Um, I formed this back in 2000 um, after my dad had passed. I was doing spiritual bereavement support, and one person said, um, gee, I I, I wish I could have the kind of uh, afterlife contacts like Chris does from her dad. And my dad would do, you play Frank Sinatra music, massage the top of my head, leave me dying, things like that. And um, that's and I felt really, really badly. I felt I want everyone to experience what I'm experiencing, and I felt that there was great power in group prayer. So I found a prayer way for after-death communication, and the purpose is uh, for people who want to get an afterlife sign, we pray for them. And um, and so many people have gotten signs through the years, and we believe it has to do with the prayer. And also, it's a, it's a teaching place, too, because people can learn all the different types of afterlife contacts and signs. Um, many times, people, they keep finding dimes, for instance, but they're not really sure. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe she time. just said that. Can you, Heidi? No. We find dimes all the time. What does that mean? It's someone who loves you, leaving you dying. <laughs> we find them everywhere. It's weird. I mean, I golf, and I found one on the golf path. I mean, you know, it's not like... In bizarre just, places. And we were got in a cab. I was in New York to see Heidi last year, and we got in a cab, and there was a dime sitting there on the seat. Yep. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, someone who loves you is saying hi. We're with you. We're with you. <laughs> so, wow. Is there any significance that it's a dime? A dime. Yes, the, the dime. Uh, did you notice this after your son had passed? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He died in 1983, and we've just uh, started our foundation, and and we're doing all sorts of stuff in his memory, and that's when we started finding them. Yeah. Oh, well, then it's it's Scott. Yeah. No doubt about it. It's Scott. 
That, yeah. That's terrific. That's wonderful. I, I often wonder why can't why can't they leave us big bills? Why they just dying? Or <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, pennies? Well, <laughs> I, my I, mother leaves me pennies and my dad leaves me dimes, so I know who is who. So it's really cute. And sometimes a dime and a penny will be left side by side. Oh, that's funny because I saw a penny on the way to the studio today. Maybe it was my mother leaving us a your grandma leaving us a penny, Heidi. Well, how wonderful, Christine. And how do people find you for the prayer? Give us your URL. Um, they can just, you know, they can just type in my name, Christine Duminiak, and I'll spell that. Mm-hmm. It's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-D-U-M-I-N-I-A-K. And that will bring you to my website. And from there, you just click message board. How fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, Annette. And I, uh, people will get your book by going to your website. Is it on Amazon, too? How will they get it? Yes, uh, they can get it in any bookstore, too. It's on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Heaven Talks to Children. And it, it's it's also not just about the stories, but it's also about how to talk to a child about grief, how to talk to them about afterlife visits if they're getting them, how, how, how they can um, just support their child in the whole field of uh, bereavement support. Yeah, it's a wonderful book, and I highly recommend it. And those areas that you were talking about, you've got some wonderful ways to speak to people, uh, to kids about loss. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Gloria and Heidi. It was my pleasure, and God bless you in your work to help other people. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Well, Heidi, what a great show today, wasn't it? Very interesting. Yeah, I love love shows like this, and... Um, I love the work that, that Christine is doing to help people and offering grief support and and talking about this kind of stuff and, and realizing that some people do have a gift of, of being able to see people that have passed on to the other side. It's not crazy. Um, it's a gift that people have. Yeah, and uh, and oftentimes the children have it and, and wonderful show. And for those folks out there who haven't had it, uh, her, her prayer area sounds very interesting, doesn't it? Being able it, to go. It really does. Yeah. Well, we hope that you're enjoying our new website and telling all your friends about it. We're excited about it and the fact that you can really go in and drill down on information on all of our radio shows and YouTubes. And uh, remember that we have a new show posted every Thursday at uh, 9 o'clock California time, 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So listen again uh, then for more of the Open to Hope show. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio. Hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.